Thank you, Stephen. That was beautiful. Well, welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. We are so glad that you are here today. I wanted to invite you to do something. At the end of your row, there is a booklet. If you'll open that up and sign in, and if you will pass that down the row, we greatly appreciate that. If you are worshiping online with us today, I want to also invite you to register your attendance there. If you're on the live stream via the website, if you'll back out of full screen mode, uh, click on that red rectangle that says register your attendance. It'll take you to form, fill out that form, come on back. If you're on Facebook Live, you can register on the event page itself. Well, if you are worshiping at home, I wanted to invite you to go ahead and gather your elements for communion because we will be receiving together uh, towards the end of the service today. Well, there are a few things I wanted to let you know about that are happening here in the life of the church. Our volunteers and mission and emergency response team are going to Harris County and the North Houston area uh, during the week of September the 13th. Uh, they'll be doing some demo, some uh, plumbing, some drywall. All the work will be indoors, so a uh, little bonus working in the AC. If you are interested, please contact Jim Balthazar. Uh, email is there on the screen, but it's jimbalth at gmail.com. We have a newcomer's lunch happening next Sunday, the 12th, uh, immediately following this service, so 1220 to 120. Um, it's a chance for us to get to know you and for you to get to know us and hear more about the church, our mission, and what we're doing in these weeks and months ahead. Uh, please sign up on the events page on the website. Uh, we would love to see you there. We have something called Disciple One Fast Track starting this Tuesday uh, from 6.30 to 8 on Zoom. If you've got a busy life and schedule, but you are interested in a comprehensive uh, Bible study, this is an incredible program, and Pastor Tracy will be leading that, so she is inviting you. Uh, if you would like to be a part of that, uh, sign up on the events page on the website. If you have any further questions, please reach out to Pastor Tracy directly, tbeetle at westlake-umc.org. We are hosting a flu vaccine clinic in partnership with CVS Pharmacy this coming Thursday the 9th right here at the church, uh, 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Uh, you can register, sign up for a spot uh, for the clinic on the events page on the website. And one final thing, um, as we say goodbye and farewell to our children's ministries director, you can make a special love offering and let her know how grateful you are. You can say goodbye and give her maybe an air hug uh, today or whatever she's comfortable with. And then also we have an oar on the table in the narthex out there as a way of saying thank you to Megan for steering our children's ministry these last few years. And we're inviting you to sign that oar. Uh, and she will take that as a momentum, a memento, um, and uh, maybe even display it prominently. <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, please sign that on the way out today. Thanks, everybody. Happy Sunday. Good morning. Those of you at home and those of you here, if you'll join me singing in your hearts for those here. Um, in our opening hymn, you can stand or sit as you feel comfortable. Um, our first hymn is in the hymnal number 368, My Hope is Built.
Good morning and welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Tracy Beadle. I'm the senior pastor and I'm so glad you're all here to worship with us this morning. Those of you here in the room and those of you joining with us online. As we are gathered into God's presence this morning, we are going to be called to worship, praying with the psalmist, um, and celebrating the nature of the God who calls us into their presence. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers, upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked God brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, Our, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. As those who are gathered together in the name of Christ, we share the peace of Christ with one another. For those of you online, feel free to drop something in the chat or to text someone or to pass the peace among those who are with you. And for those of us here in the room, let us pass the peace of Christ. As a community of faith, we pray for one another. So I want to invite us now to be in prayer for one another and for the world. For those of you joining us online, feel free to drop your prayer concerns and celebrations into the chat. For those of you here in the room, I, I encourage you to get into a comfortable posture of prayer and to open your hearts and minds to the presence of God. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. We are so deeply grateful for the honor and privilege of gathering together in your presence to give thanks to you, to worship you, and to lift up to you all that we carry on our hearts and minds. For we know, God, that wherever we go and whatever we experience, we are never alone. You are with us, providing your help and compassion. God, today we give thanks for the new grandbaby of Lib and Pat Sullivan. It is their third grandchild, Joseph Michael Triola IV, born on August 31st to Sarah and Joseph. And God, we give you thanks for the 27th wedding anniversary of Sherry Bowen and Bob Pierce. And we celebrate many birthdays today, God, including John Paulos, Gus Sterneman, Blake Powell, Karen Lehman, Frank Webster, Anna Bogle, Maggie Stevens, Lee Huggins, and more. And God, we celebrate with the Batlands as they welcome Karina Sawyer and her son Eli into their family. 
with the 2022 marriage of their daughter, Rebecca, to Corrine. And, and they also look forward to the birth of their first grand, grandchild um, to their daughter, Catherine, and her husband, Jim Grundy. God, we lift up to you all those who are caring for uh, people in the hospital right now, for all of our medical workers and care providers. We give you thanks for their compassionate and kind and generous hearts and pray, God, that you would continue to strengthen them and guide them. God, we lift up all those who are healing from illness or from accidents or surgeries. We lift up especially, God, all those who are healing or affected by COVID-19 and the Delta variant. God, we ask that you keep all of our military personnel and their families safe and protected. And we give you thanks for all those who have served around the world and especially, God, in Afghanistan. Love, God, we lift up to you all those who are facing financial challenges, relational challenges, medical challenges. God, we pray for those who feel alone. And we also lift up to you, God, all of the leaders around the world. We pray, God, that they would be guided by your wisdom, mercy, and compassion. And we lift up all of those who grieve. I want to invite us all now in this moment of silence to lift up what you carry on your hearts. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you that we can be assured that whenever we celebrate, whenever we carry concerns, whenever we grieve, that we know that you are always with us, never any further from us than the very breath we breathe. God, we pray that as you pour your spirit into us that we would know your comfort that we would know your grace, and that we would be inspired to serve you in the lives of those who are suffering difficulties right now. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
And now a reading from the prophet Isaiah. Say to those who are, fear, who are of fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. God will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. God will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The prophet Isaiah had hope, and he inspired hope in the midst of troubled times. What do you hope for in your life, in your family, in your community, in your world? Who do you turn to when you're afraid? Who do you turn to when you're unsure of the outcomes? When you read or listen or watch the news, it could be very easy to become overwhelmed by the levels of pain and suffering and injustice that we see. From the Taliban takeover in Afghanistan, to ongoing religious persecution in China, to the violent military takeover of the government of Myanmar, to the violence and political unrest in South Sudan, to the ongoing conflict between Israel and Gaza, to instability in government and the damage of natural disasters in Haiti, to the persistence of the pandemic in our world, to the effects of climate change and the growing damage and loss of life caused by tropical storms, to the passing of laws that target women and minorities and aim to limit their power and rights. We see these realities of injustice, of suffering, and pain. And for some, we don't even need to look beyond our own families to see the effects of this hurt and this pain. It's clear that we live in troubled times. And yet, in the historical timeline, it's abundantly clear that we are not alone in the struggles of human history. In our scriptures, we read about the history of God's chosen people and their struggle to live as representatives of God's goodness and God's light to all of the nations. A man named Abraham left his homeland, his customs, and his family to follow God to an unknown destination. And God promised to bless Abraham and his people, to make them as numerous as the stars in the sky, and to bless them in order to be a blessing to all peoples throughout the earth. And Abraham's family grew, and he had a grandson named Jacob. And Jacob was not a likely candidate or character to become any sort of patriarch or hero. Yet with all of Jacob's issues and foibles, he wanted to be known by the God of his father and grandfather and to receive a blessing and mark of God's approval. And so the story goes that Jacob wrestled with the angel of God, and the angel touched Jacob's hip, marking him with a limp, and the angel gave Jacob a new name, Israel. And so the descendants of Abraham became the people of Israel. 
Their name as a people defined the posture that they were to take with their God. An Israelite is one who wrestles with God, one who attempts to understand and to know the divine. Anyone who does so will be permanently marked in such a way that distinguishes them as God's people. Our scripture reading today comes from the prophet Isaiah and a group of writers in the school of prophets like Isaiah. And the scripture was likely written and edited over the course of many decades. Isaiah's prophetic writing speaks to the kings of the southern kingdom of Judah, from Uzziah to Hezekiah, over the course of a hundred plus years of history. And the writings, they proclaim both judgment and hope. The prophet critiqued the kings and the leaders for failing to uphold their end of the covenant with God, and the writing of Isaiah drew lines of cause and effect between the shortcomings of the kingdom of Judah and its downfall. But Isaiah is not all doom and gloom, and Isaiah goes beyond mere critique. Isaiah has and had vision to see what could be uh, amidst the present troubles and and, and impending destruction. He had vision of hope. The late chief rabbi of the United Kingdom, uh, Jonathan Sachs, he was a prolific writer, teacher, speaker, and leader, and he was a part of the House of Lords. Rabbi Sachs wrote about the kind of special leader that Isaiah was, along with both Moses and Jeremiah. And I'll focus on what he said about Isaiah. He was a leader in hard times, and thus makes him a leader for all times, as Rabbi Sachs put it. There are three things that set Isaiah apart as a great leader. First, Isaiah was a prophet of hope. Isaiah was a prophet of hope. Sachs said, even in the darkest moments, Isaiah was able to see through the clouds of disaster to the clear sky beyond. Isaiah was not an optimist because there is a big difference between optimism and hope. Optimism is the belief that things will get better. Hope is the belief that if we work hard enough together, we can make things better. It needs no courage to be an optimist, but it needs courage wisdom, a deep understanding of history and possibility, and the ability to communicate to be a prophet of hope. In the opening chapter of Isaiah, amidst the warning of destruction, Isaiah offers this hopeful promise. I will restore your leaders as in days of old, your rulers as at the beginning. Afterward, you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. The second thing that set Isaiah apart as a great leader is that he delivered his criticism in love. Rabbi Sachs says, Isaiah said in the name of God, perhaps the loveliest words ever spoken to the Jewish people, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. Critique is easy, and critique is prevalent. Just go to your social media feed. It can be what folks call a dumpster fire, right? 
It can just be full of things on fire. You see it everywhere. Yet I'm guessing that you may not see a whole lot of love in those critiques. When critique is framed in love, it has a different motivation. Its end goal is change, both for the one on the receiving end of the pain, injustice, or suffering, and for the one causing it. The third thing that set Isaiah apart as a great leader was that more than other prophets, he spoke about the role of the people of Israel in the context of humanity as a whole. In God's name, Isaiah said, you are my witnesses that I am God. I created you and appointed you a covenant people, a light of nations, opening eyes deprived of light, rescuing prisoners from confinement, from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. And in chapter 19, in verses 19 through 25, Rabbi Sachs notes that Isaiah showed as much concern for Egypt and Assyria, Israel's enemies, as for Israel itself. And this universal perspective matters because great leaders are great not just because they care for their own people. Everyone except a self-hater does that, but because they care for humanity. That is what gives their devotion to their own people its dignity and moral strength. To be an agent of hope, to love the people you lead, and to widen their horizons, to embrace humanity as a whole, that is the kind of leadership that gives people the ability to recover from crisis and move on. It is what made Isaiah one of the greatest leaders of all time, from Rabbi Sachs. I've seen so many of you respond with such compassion and take action to respond as leaders of hope in troubled times, whether it's through congregational care in the midst of life's, life's losses, or maybe more recently, I've seen so many of you step up in ways collecting furniture and resources to help welcome Afghan refugees. You see beyond yourselves, and you work for hope in the midst of trouble. How can we, like Isaiah, have hope in troubled times? What do you hope for in your life, in your family, in your community, in your world? I want to look again at our key scripture this morning. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. God will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. God will come and save you. Notice that Isaiah calls the fearful in heart to both be strong and not fear and to look to God. The source of strength comes from the one who will end evil and injustice and pain. As God's mouthpiece, Isaiah reminded the people that the bullying and destruction of the surrounding empires would eventually come to an end. 
And there's also something so beautiful and evocative about the next part of our scripture today. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The words of the prophet invite the hearer to imagine what seems impossible. This is the role of the prophet, one who exercises hope in troubled times. Isaiah painted a picture of God's vision for the covenant people and for all of creation, a vision of a renewed, restored, and repaired world. It is a picture of God at the center of it all, ending the exploitation and healing all wounds and pain. There's something so poignant about this concept. In order to exercise hope in troubled times, we must first recognize the beauty and the goodness that is all around us and then celebrate it at every stage, no matter how small. Because this hope can spark the imagination to reconsider what is possible in the midst of what seems impossible. The world we live in does not look exactly as it should. These are troubled times. We don't negate, dismiss, or deny pain, suffering, or injustice. Yet when we recognize and celebrate the people, the places, and the activity of God, we are inspired to exercise hope in the midst of trouble. And when we tap into this source of hope, we are empowered by God's Spirit to live in ways that inspire one another to work day by day and bit by bit to embody this hope. How can we, like Isaiah, lead with hope in troubled times? How will you lead with hope in your life, in your family, in your community, and in your world? How is your heart being stirred? Who is on your mind right now? What impossible task are you beginning to see with new possibility, because God is birthing or fanning the flames of hope within you. Let us lead with hope together. Amen. Now we prepare to give as an act of worship and gratitude for all that God has given us. There are several ways that you can support the work of Westlake UMC through your financial gifts. If you're worshiping here in person, you can give in the offering plate at the conclusion of worship in the narthex on your way out. You can give at the website, westlake-umc.org. You can make a one-time gift or set up scheduled giving online. You can text Westlake UMC in all caps 
to 73256. When you do this, you'll receive a message with a link to give. You can just follow the steps from there. You can also mail your check or drop it off at the church anytime that's convenient for you. We appreciate your generosity and faithfulness to support the ministry of Westlake UMC. This month's communion rail offering is Feed My People, and we have a video by Rich Egan to share more about that. Hi, my name is Rich Egan, and I've been attending Westlake UMC for approximately 25 years. Today's communion rail offering goes to support the Feed My People ministry of the Foundation for the Homeless. Feed My People provides a hot breakfast, clothing, toiletries, and other services twice a week for Austin's homeless using the First United Methodist Family Center in downtown Austin. The ministry was founded by a group of women from several Westlake area churches, including Peggy Davis of Westlake UMC over 30 years ago. Volunteers from our church have arrived downtown at 5 a.m. monthly since then to make and serve thousands and thousands and thousands of meals. In addition to Peggy, other Westlake UMC members have continuously served on the foundation's board since its establishment. Thus, we not only have committed to a long-term relationship with this service ministry, but Westlake UMC has been instrumental in the establishment, leadership, and maintenance of this ministry. I think this ministry is a perfect reflection of the service orientation of our church. In the past 30 years, the hard work of Peggy and her friends has expanded the foundation for the homeless to so much more than just a morning hot meal ministry. Now the foundation also focuses on intervention to prevent borderline homeless families from becoming homeless and also provides emergency housing for families that experience homelessness. Through a team of six full-time case managers and social workers, the foundation now works to prevent more people from living on the streets or in their cars. Feed My People is part of the Mission Match program. Today and through next week, give generously to the communion rail and Mission Match will double the dollars you give. Thank you for your generosity and long-term support of Feed My People and Westlake UMC.
soul is sick, my heart is sore. Now I am calling, I'm coming home. My strength Christ invites us to this communion table, which is for all of us. You are welcome, you are invited, you are called. Come, let us share this meal together. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We praise you, God, for your acts of creation, for the living creatures and all of our siblings created in your image. You have chosen to live in relationship to and with your creation. Even though our hearts wander, you are faithful to us. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Thank you, God, for sending us your son, Jesus, in the flesh. As he lived among us, he fed the hungry, healed the sick, and welcomed the outcast and marginalized into the kingdom of God. On the cross, Jesus destroyed the power of sin and death forever, and in his resurrection lies the promise and hope of restoration for all of creation. As we remember and look forward to that glorious future in this present moment, we pray with faith the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread. And he gave thanks to you, O God. And then he broke the bread. And he offered it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the supper was over, he took the cup. And again, he gave thanks to you, O God. And then he offered the cup to his disciples, saying, Take, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you remember me. Let us pray the following prayer of surrender together. As we remember your mighty and gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves wholly and completely to you, just as Christ freely offered himself for us, and we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here in all the places where we gather, and bless these elements of bread and cup. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry and service to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. And all the people said, Amen. You will be dismissed in just a moment by the ushers to come down either aisle. Um, you can receive the elements. When you come forward, you will receive one of these cups. Um, in the top portion is the wafer. You peel back the top layer of plastic to get the wafer, and then you peel back a second layer to get to the juice. If you have any trouble at all, please let us know. We are happy to help you. And remember that the communion rail offering is for Feed My People. Um, when you come forward after you receive, feel free to kneel and pray or to just leave your uh, communion rail offering here as well. Come, taste and see that the Lord is good. i 
Was everyone fed? Amen. Let's pray this prayer after receiving. Loving God, we thank you for this unifying act of communion. We have done this in remembrance of you. By your grace, may the world know we are Christ's followers by our love for one another. And may we be empowered by your Holy Spirit to love all of your creation as you love them. Amen. I'd like to invite Megan to come forward. So as we all know, today is Megan's last day with us as the director of our children's ministries, and it is a bittersweet day for all of us because of course we celebrate with Megan that she has this amazing and exciting new opportunity to um, fully embrace her other passion, rowing. Um, and, of course, we are sad because we will miss her um, when she is gone. But we would like to take this opportunity to, um, to make this moment sacred and share this liturgy with one another in celebration of Megan's ministry. So the church is a family. United by the common recognition of Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are all brothers and sisters, and for a time, Westlake UMC is a home, a place to serve, a place to share our talents. Like every human family, our church family is formed and reformed over time. As members are born, as they die, as members are adopted into our family, and as their roles transition over time. For a time, 
Megan Getman has lived with us and served with us. She's loved us, adults, youth, and children alike. She has nurtured us, taught us, prayed for us and with us, and planned countless opportunities for us to grow in faith. Together we have shared with each other good times and bad. We have shared each other's joys and sorrows. We have lightened one another's heavy loads. Together we have worshiped and praised God together. We have lived. I thank you, the members and friends of Westlake United Methodist Church, for the love and support you have shown me while I have ministered among you. I am grateful for the ways that my leadership has been accepted, and I ask forgiveness for the mistakes that I have made. As I transition out of children's ministry, I carry with me all that I have learned during my tenure here. Congregation, if you would respond with these words. Her forgiveness and accept that you now leave the role of children's ministry director. We express our gratitude for your time among us. We ask your forgiveness for our mistakes. Your influence on our faith and faithfulness will be with us always. I accept your gratitude and forgiveness trusting that our time together in children's ministry has been pleasing to God. We feel sorrow as you transition out of children's ministry, yet we rejoice with you in anticipation of this new phase of your life. We will miss your leadership, yet we know that God has new adventures for you as you respond to the ministry to which God now calls you. You have added so much to our lives. We will pray for you, your family, and for the whole family of God. Let us pray, and as I do so, I invite all of you here and those of you who have joined us online to extend your hands in a gesture of blessing. Oh God, you are the strength and the protector of your people. Keep and preserve Megan, O Lord, in all health and safety, both of body and soul. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all the people said, Amen. Would you all please express your appreciation for Megan? song today is from United Methodist Hymnal number 117, O God, Our Help in Ages Past.
let us lead with hope in ourselves, in our families, in our communities, and in our world. And may we be motivated by love. May every action, no matter how big or small, may it breathe and inspire belief in the impossible. Go now in the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and in the communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen.